Anoya. Woo. I'm very excited about today. Um, just a warning off the bat. This is going to be a very casual episode. Um, I just had my first full week of my new big girl job. And I didn't want to sit at a computer more than I already have been to research this. So this is going to be Emily um, giving you information that I've read like a few times. And so. it'll be great fun. So it'll be different than us like reading from our notes. I will read from my notes a little and then I'm kind of just going to tell you what's up. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> so and we're just going to live. It's fine. Again, like our take it with a grain of salt mantra is really going to come into play for this episode. <laughs> it's like, it's not all that meaningful, but it's, it encompasses a lot of topics that I'm really interested in. And I think Emily is too. Mm-hmm. This is going to be good fun. So we're going to talk about the West Memphis Three today, um, which is a famous case from the 1980s, 19, early 90s, early, Early. 19, early 90s. Just early. So yeah, we'll get into it. I won't reveal too much at the start. So what brought this episode about was actually a post from TikTok. um, (laughs) Oh yeah. Where I learned that. Um, in the new Stranger Things series, season four, um, also, if you haven't seen Stranger Things season four and you're planning on seeing it, maybe don't listen to this episode yet. Like, give it a second, because there might be spoilers. But also, don't sleep on Stranger Things. I know you have to push through, okay? It's so good. Trust me. I just watched season three and season four in, like, two days. It's really good, really worth it. It is really good. So... Um, the West Memphis Three actually was the inspiration for one of the new characters this season four, Eddie Munson. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's related to a boy by the last name of Eccles. I don't remember his first name right now. That's who he's based on. And, um, a lot of what happens to Eddie in this season draws parallels to the case. And I just think it was super interesting and... I really appreciate that the Duffer brothers brought in this part of history, as well as the satanic panic of the time. I love that they brought the satanic panic, because, like, I forgot that this, like, Stranger Things fell in line with the satanic panic until they were like, Satan did this. Exactly. And we're going to go more into that and draw parallels from the season into what was actually going on. So that's why... I kind of have to give the spoiler warning. Okay, so Emily, (laughs) how would you rate your pain today? Today, I just feel like a little slug. Maybe even Gary (laughs) from Spongebob, you know? I haven't even thought of mine yet. Um, Is it bad to say I've been feeling pretty good? No, that is a good thing to say. I've just been getting headaches from like looking at my screen and being dehydrated and probably just being ill. Mm -hmm. And it feels like my eyes are trying to fall out of my head. I feel that. Yeah, they're trying their best. They're to wiggle their way out, and I don't want them to. It's yucky. Yeah, I just feel like Gary, like specifically, like when he puts his eyes together and it makes that hollow sound. (laughs) I think we all feel like that today, Emily. Yeah, I'm just tired. Not my leg peeling off the couch. You know, I apologize. It's Arizona. Rip headphone users. <laughs> Good luck out there. This episode's already a mess. Okay. You know, it's fine. 
So now we're going to do the disclaimer. This podcast contains sensitive materials such as violence, murder, paranormal, paranormal activity, and other adult topics. In this episode specifically, there will be mentions of um, sexual violence against children. So if that's something you're sensitive to, this might not be the episode for you. Or maybe just get past my description of the crime itself. So listener discretion is always advised. Um, while we do research all of our episodes, we are just two Emily's with a microphone and a passion for all things spooky. Take it with a grain of salt. All of our resources will <laughs> all of our sources will be linked in the show notes or not because we never link them. So the West Memphis Three is the name of three men convicted as teenagers in 1994 um, for the 1993 murders of three boys in West Memphis, Arkansas. So it was Damon Eccles, Damien Eccles, I'm sorry. He is the one who was an in inspiration for Eddie. a Stranger Things character, yeah. Eddie. Um, he was actually given the death penalty. Weren't they all given the death penalty? No, actually. Huh. Jesse, uh, Miss Kelly Jr., uh, was sentenced to life imprisonment plus tw two 20-year sentences. What? The sentencings are very strange for this case. I've never seen anything like it. Because they're teenagers. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. And um, Jason Baldwin to life imprisonment. So... It's just very strange. Also, I want to mention the uh, ages of the boys. So, um, at the time of their arrest, Jesse was 17, Jason was 16, and Damien was 18. So, he was the only one who okay. was actually a legal adult at the time of their arrest. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. <laughs> this whole case is very frustrating to me. Yeah. Very frustrating. The victims of this crime, they were Steve, Edward, Edward Branch, Christopher Byers. Sus that Byers is a main last name in the show. Mm -hmm. And Michael Moore were all second graders at o Weaver Elementary School. So mm -hmm. they were all around seven or eight. Which, this case is very sad, granted. It's, the whole thing is terrible. Yeah. So on May 5th, 1993, three eight-year-old boys were reported missing to West Memphis, Arkansas. The first report to the police was made by Byers' adopted father, John Mark Bowers, found around 7 p.m. The boys were allegedly last seen together. Nearby people told of them told of them seeing playing um together around nine or six thirty PM in the evening. Mm -hmm. So they were reported missing at seven. Nearby people saw them playing together at like six thirty. Okay. So um some of the other parents also called the police and then friends and neighbors also conducted a search that night and like they did like a full human chain search of mm -hmm. um the area where they were last seen like playing and nothing happened like nothing was, nothing found. was found which is crazy 
So the next day around 1.45 p.m., juvenile parole officer Steve Jones spotted a boy's black shoe floating in a muddy creek that led to a major drainage canal in Robin Hood Hills. A subsequent search of the ditch revealed the bodies of the three boys. They had been stripped naked and were hogtied with their own shoelaces, their right ankles tied to their right wrists behind their backs, the same with their left arms and legs. Their clothing was found in the creek, some of it twisted around with sticks that had been thrust into the mud of the ditch bed. The clothing was mostly turned inside out, two pairs of the boys' underwear were never recovered, and Christopher Byers had suffered lacerations to various parts of his body and mutilation of his genitals. So the autopsies by forensic pathologists indicated that Byers died of multiple injuries while Moore and Branch died of multiple injuries with drowning. With drowning. With drowning. It's also shocking how little evidence overall there is. Mm-hmm. Overall. So the police initially suspected that the boys had been raped. However, um, Later, expert testimony disputed this finding. Trace amounts of sperm DNA were found on a pair of pants recovered from the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then prosecution experts claimed that Byers' wounds were the result of a knife attack that he had been purposely cast- castrated by the murder, and it was post-mortem. Oh. So, but also they said the injuries could have been um, from animals. And eventually it was ruled that it was more consistent with animals. Okay. Because they were reported missing Mm -hmm. around 7 the day before. They weren't found until the afternoon of the next day. Okay. They were in a creek. Mm -hmm. Animals had a chance to get to them. Especially if it were like in the dark hours. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's just, in my opinion, there's too little evidence to say that any of them were raped or that they had actually been mutilated in that way by the murderer. Mm-hmm. And um, no drugs were found in any of the boys' systems except for Byers. Um, he had Ritalin in his system, but that was prescribed. Because? Because ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> So that is the crime itself. Wow. So the reason, sorry, me peeling off the couch. (laughs) Um, So the reason that these three boys were charged with this murder Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. No. So Emily, this, the information I just told you, that's it. That's all we have on the case. That's it? That's That's it? Everything? The, the only thing... The only other things I can tell you mm-hmm. is that the police were extremely unprofessional with the dealings of the crime scene and with this case in general. Okay. So the crime scene, as before mentioned, the boys were found in a creek. Mm-hmm. Um, the police, when they got there, they did not call the coroner's office until two hours after they got there. They trampled over evidence on the banks Mm -hmm. and um they like didn't block off that point in the creek oh so so everything's just like free going 
Yeah. None of it was handled correctly. None of it was handled correctly. Also, they said one of the boys possibly had a bite mark on his forehead, which how would you bite someone on the forehead? You don't. You don't. And later they had all of the um, convicted suspects, whatever, give teeth imprints. The so-called bite mark didn't match any of them. You know what did match? A belt buckle. He had been beaten by his father before he went out to play. And it matched his belt buckle. Yeah. So later in this case, since... Clearly, police work was not a thing mm-hmm. in this case. Um, there was a retrial, and they did more forensic evidence when the technology had developed, which is very common. Mm-hmm. Um, they found more in DNA evidence. Do you know who matched to Emily? The father. One of the boys' fathers, yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Are we surprised? No. No. So the reason why I'm kind of blowing through... The specifics of the case itself and, um, like, the boys and everything, Mm -hmm. the suspects, is because I'm not here for the actual case. I, we're gonna talk about the bias of the case and why that happened Mm -hmm. and the relation to Stranger Things, because that's why I'm here. (laughs) Yeah, Stranger Things! So this is a more casual episode, so don't, don't worry about it. So, also... (laughs) One of the main reasons these three boys were convicted of the crime was because the juvenile probation officer assisting at the scene of the murders speculated that Eccles was capable of committing murders. Anyone's capable. That was it. That's why they got arrested. That's it. That's not legal. No. Literally, this whole case was founded on bias and police coercion. Yeah. So, they had one of the boys confess, but he was underage, Mm -hmm. and he was um, interrogated alone for 12 hours without the consent of his parents. Later, he said none of what he confessed to was true and that he was coerced by the police to say something so he could leave. Yeah. Can you imagine being interrogated for 12 hours at the age of 16? I'd be, I'd say anything to get out of there. They're like, so you did it. He's like, I don't know, maybe, because he's been yelled at for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. That's literally what he said. He's like, maybe. At this point, I don't freaking know. Like, yeah. Anyway. He's tired. He wants to get out of there. It's terrible. Oh, also, I find... I I found my notes of of how the police were bad. Oh, yes. So, there has been widespread widespread criticism of how the police handled the crime scene. Um, Miss Kelly's a former attorney. That was one of the boys convicted. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Stidham cites multiple substantial police errors at the crime scene, characterizing it as literally trampled, especially the creek bed, the bed of the actual creek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the bodies, he said, have been removed from the water 
before the coroner arrived to examine the scene and determine the state of rigor mortis, allowing the bodies to, de to decay on the creek bank and to be exposed to sunlight and insects. The police did not telephone the coroner until almost two hours after the discovery of the floating shoe, resulting in a late appearance by the coroner. Officials failed to drain the creek in a timely manner and secure possible evidence in the water. Mm -hmm. The creek was sandbagged after the bodies were pulled from the water. That's really weird that they pulled them out before the coroner got there. Yeah, that's because the water was keeping them at the same state of decomposition once you take them out into the sun mm -hmm. in August. Well, in yeah. Arkansas? No. <sighs> like you worked in a funeral home, you know. That's bad news. Well, I see. I don't even have to work in a funeral home. I watch too much true crime to yeah, know that. The body just needs to stay there, friends. So bad. At least let them take pictures. So to me, this is one of those cut and dry things where the police realize they did a bad job or they walked onto the scene, which someone literally did, and said, Aunt. Damien Eccles finally killed somebody. That's literally did it. That is literally what he said. That is literally what he said. No. They pinned it on him. I was like, oh, it must be him and those two kids he's always hanging out with. They're bad news. They um they listen to heavy metal. They wear all black and they play Dungeons and Dragons. Bad news. Those sinners. Bad news. Those they, sinners. They killed these three boys and it was a part of um a satanic ritual. That's what they think it was. So, Emily, you and I, we have seen many a true crime mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah. When looking at this case, do you see the occult? No, especially since, like, I've heard of what the occult actually does to people. Yes. Like, they're not just going to, like, dump them in a river. They're going to, no. like, drain that ish for the blood. Yes. Do you, do you want to give our listeners a little taste of what an actual occult murder would look like, potentially, or kids trying um, to do something like that? Basically, like, vampire. Like, just think vampire, think dark cloak, think... They probably wouldn't even have friends, honestly. It probably would have been in, like, a basement. <laughs> it would have been in a basement the or, like, woods. in an abandoned house somewhere. There would have been... Probably a pentagram. Yes. Weird symbols. Because for it to be a ritual, from my understanding, mm -hmm. there at least had to be some sort of symbols. Yeah. And there wasn't. So that way you can sacrifice it to your... Your Satan. designated yeah. person. So it doesn't strike me as a cult whatsoever. Is it a terrible thing to do yeah. to little boys? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Is it a cult? I don't think so. No. I think that boy's father had something to do with it for sure. I don't know why his two friends were brought into it. They probably just saw something they shouldn't have. Maybe we would know if the police did their freaking job. Wouldn't you first investigate the family? Hmm? Talk to anyone? Like literally talk, talk to, to anyone? <laughs> Hey, what's wrong with this kid? Like, did anything seem up? anybody. So, I did mention before how one of the father's DNA was linked to DNA found on the boys. 
Mm-hmm. You know whose DNA did not match her whatsoever? These three kids who were convicted. Yeah. They lost 10 to 18, I don't remember how many years of their lives in prison mm-hmm. because of lazy police work and bias. And it's ridiculous. The fact that they were even, like, brought into custody to begin with, I don't understand. No. I don't whatsoever. So we're going to talk about the bias of the time. We're going to get more into um, the satanic panic of the time at the moment. So, sorry, more peeling. It's okay. From, this is a period that w- that's pretty much from the 80s to the 90s. And people largely speculate that it came about pretty much when The Exorcist came out. Mm-hmm. Um, because movies that realistic for them were not really a thing. Like, people were throwing up in the theaters, seizing. They eventually brought priests to sit with you. (laughs) Um, like, it was a whole thing. Like, it was truly, truly scary to a lot of people. Yeah. And it kind of raised the paranoia. And then, like, more of those classic, um, horror movies were coming out. Mm -hmm. I don't remember them right now. A lot of good ones. A lot of good ones. Elm Street, Halloween. Carrie came out then. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of them were coming out around that time. Um, Also, things that are attributed to it. There was this book that was, like, this girl falsely um, had these claims where she was, like, taken by a cult. And they, like, kept her in a cage, and they were in cloaks, and they had candles and stuff. And Charles Manson was around, too. Yes. Like, his cult was still... That added to it. People largely thought those murders were for Satan. Mm-hmm. So, and it was also a time of economic and social unrest. A lot of, like, what we're seeing right now. So, to, like, kind of help you guys understand a little bit better, especially if you're younger like me... Um, like, for me, I've been wondering why, like, why is, like, the whole anti-mask thing, like, a thing? Why are there so many conspiracy theories happening right now? Like, what is happening? It's because people are scared. Yep. We're literally in a, like, an economic decline. Gas is ridiculous. I have to pay, like, $85, $90 for a tank of gas, and it makes me want to cry every single day. Yep. Um, there's a lot of reformations in our government right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, a scary time. And that's what's happening in the 80s, 90s. A lot of the same was happening. Parents were working more than they were before. Kids were alone more. They were making... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They were making more decisions for themselves of what they were going to watch, what they were going to listen to. And so a lot of this brings in my knowledge of heavy metal mm-hmm. and why it is viewed as satanic and how we got there. Mm-hmm. So it largely comes from 80s, 90s when, you know, heavy metal, the genre itself came about. Mm-hmm. Um, parents noticed the link to heavy metal and the people who listened to it having extreme mental health issues and the rates of suicide. Mm-hmm. So the target demographic for heavy metal was teenage boys. And it largely was because those are the kids who were wealthy enough to have cable in their homes. They were the ones who were watching MTV. Mm-hmm. That's how they got into it, literally. 
and there was a rise in suicide in that demographic. So just a word on that. If you think that a type of music causes suicide, I think your brain is oatmeal, respectfully. Yeah. The reason why people with mental health issues gravitate towards more extreme music like heavy metal Mm -hmm. is because it's an emotional release. It's an outlet. Going to shows is an outlet. Mm -hmm. Like going somewhere where people are struggling with things like you. The artists are actually talking about real issues, things that concern you, mental health issues, which were not largely talked about in music like they are now. Yeah. That was a big deal. So... One of the things that came about in this area was the um, explicit sticker Mm -hmm. that will go on, like, an album if there's explicit content in it. Yeah. And there became, like, a rating list that had things like, you know, strong language, sex, violence, um, and there was also an O marking for a cult. I didn't even know that until only told me, like... Like an hour ago. <laughs> it's so funny. So, one of the leading people who, like, went to the Supreme Court and everything about this issue or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you about her, okay? Okay. So, she bought a Prince album for her 11-year-old daughter. What? For her 11-year-old daughter. Okay. I mean, not the worst thing, and but... she was absolutely mortified when she heard what was like what Prince was talking about that her eight year like her 11 year old her eight year old and her six year old were all hearing about a girl masturbating in a hotel room <laughs> yeah and she was like how was that possible like how dare he say that to like my kids Lady, how dare you not you listen went to out, it first? You went out and bought an album. The lyrics were on the back of the album. You can see the titles of the names on the you back. You didn't have to buy it. She didn't blame herself. She blamed Prince. How dare he? And she became like one of these people in the movement who got this to the Supreme Court to have more regulations on music. Which, I mean, I can understand like having an explicit... That's fine. Like, you can see, oh, that's explicit. Yeah. I don't want that. But you can't get rid of it, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think having those, like, explicit tags is fine. You just can't tell people what they can and can't listen to. Absolutely. And they wanted even more regulations than that. I won't get into that because this episode isn't about heavy metal. I just it's okay. like talking about the origins. But something I will mention about why people really tied this to the devil besides the whole suicide thing mm-hmm. um there was an acdc song highway that, to hell yes <laughs> yeah. that people actually no it was stairway to heaven really people targeted and they said if you play this song backwards during this part he oh, said yeah. my sweet satan and literally people could only hear it if like before they told you what you were supposed to hear your brain well, and can play pull that backwards. Out. Yes. So they were like, their claim was, even if you were listening to it regularly, your brain can pick up the secret messages and turn them like, like, uh, 
they would pick up on it or whatever. And it would be like subliminal messaging or whatever. Not that it's brainwashing. Like an Easter egg or anything fun to go find later. It like literally even wasn't. That wasn't a thing. No, like that's a lot of work to put in the words backwards, and then you would know that it's being said it backwards. It became a thing because of this, because artists were poking fun at them. They started putting things in like the backwards versions of their tracks. One band even did like like, literally a choir-type thing praising God. Oh, my god! Just gosh. to poke fun at it, and I love that. That's oh. def- That was definitely the artist of the time, and that's the whole spirit of rock and roll and metal, mm-hmm. is to push back against the system. That is why a lot of them have such violent themes, and are most of them are just aesthetically satanic, if they are satanic at all. Yeah. Because at all. Because it is to push back against the system. To have strong imagery. Yep. And kids were drawn to that because they didn't like the system. <laughs> and that was the case for these three boys. Well, teens, they teens were, are angsty. They want to They were a in fight. a very conservative town. They were in the Bible Belt. Explains a lot. I sit here with my eyes wide. So they found these three boys and they decided that they were evil because <laughs> they wear black clothing they listen to heavy metal music they're coming after us like seriously <laughs> they, li- they play dungeons and dragons oh no also Dun- I, how are how is dungeons and dragons remotely related to the occult how tell me I'm sitting here trying to think of one. All I can think of is, like, seeing all a bunch of nerds sitting around a table just, like, talking and fighting with each other, you know? Like, that's it. That's it. They just fight with each other. Like, there might be, like, monsters or whatever. But, but that's, that's fantasy. That's it. It's no different. It's, I don't know. Literally. Witchcraft. Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, she really had a struggle for that answer. <laughs> they, oh, it bothers me so much. Like, so we're sitting here in all black. You've got your your metal t-shirt on. Yes, I'm literally the shirt I'm wearing is from a band called Ghost, and they are aesthetically like Satanists. I have the song "Rats" stuck in my head on repeat, literally every it's day. It's amazing, just because it makes me laugh. You know, I literally looked up before this episode just to see if this band, if they were actually Satanists, because I literally didn't know because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um. And I found this statement. He's like, you realize, even if we were telling people to sacrifice people to the devil, which they're not. They don't. They have a song about rats, for heaven's sake. They have a whole album about the Black Blade. Like, come on. <laughs> like, they're doing fine. It's literally just for the aesthetics. They have a very out-there stage presence. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. But he literally said, he's like, you realize... There's a lot worse things to be putting into music right now. He's like, at least we're not like the rappers who are just like singing like bling bling. I'm in a tax bracket. You're never going to see. You're never going to get here. I'm so successful. You know, I would I'm, much a, I'm abusing women in my power. Yeah, I would much rather hear about a song about the plague, you know, like 100 percent. And like it fills me with joy, you know. I think it's that hilarious. just brought us, like, a sense of reality. And, like, literally, um, 
this band was experiencing, like in whatever town they were playing in, different evangelical ministers were like, this is like leading kids to hell. Like, what do you think's gonna happen when they're singing these lyrics that are gonna let Satan into their lives? And the lead singer publicly thanked this minister because because of him, they sold more tickets at that show than they did at any other location. Because any publicity is good publicity. Exactly. Because people are like, what do you mean? Like, what's this band? Oh, wait, they're actually really cool. Oh, wait, I actually enjoy this. Or it's a kid who's like, frick you, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is the whole point of metal. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot on this case, but let's talk about Stranger Things. Yes. So Eddie, right? Mm-hmm. Man's likes Dungeons and Dragons, which most of our characters do. I wonder if people think Stranger Things is demonic. Like slash satanic. They do have, um... This past season, <laughs> some of the imagery, I was like, that's a little poltergeisty. I just see it as more horror as opposed Definitely. to, like, I just demonic. saw... I saw it more as they were taking note from horror movies like that, like which uh, I don't see a problem with. Nightmare on Elm Street was like a big influence, and definitely with the whole dream thing, the dream thing for sure. And um, I forget his name, the alien dude. I don't know. I actually haven't seen it. I just know the basic premise of the movie. No, uh, Freddy Krueger um, looks like, uh, what's his Vecna? name? Vecna. Vecna. Yeah. They're oh, very similar because they're both... You're right. They're spoiler kind of, burn victims in a way. In a way. They're both crusty. For sure. Vecna, Vecna just is so annoying. I love Vecna. Also, his body type is 100% Grinch. <laughs> Me and my sister were talking about this yesterday. I'm like, I think it's just his little stance. It's his little stance with the fingers and like his and stomach he, is just like yes, there. He's, he's, he's a like, little, he's a little puffy. Not even that it's puffy. It's just like it's almost it stands out. It's like different from the rest of him. For how scary the actual character is, ever since I linked the Grinch to him, he's kind of just like endearing. I'm never appearance wise. Yeah, I'm never gonna see him the same again. Also, like, he's just annoying. Like, can you not? Stop. Right now. It's annoying. <laughs> anyway, I'd be the worst murder victim because I'd be like, are you serious? Right now? I'm literally in the middle of something. Like, give me five minutes. Hold on. I swear I'll jump in the I'm room. like, are you seriously waking me up from a nap? <laughs> that, like, <laughs> anyway. I'm tired. What was I talking about? Oh, oh Eddie was in so, D&D. Yes, he was in D&D. He was into metal. He literally talked about Ozzy Osbourne during the show, how he ripped the head off of a bat on the stage. Which, yeah. that's one of my favorite stories about Ozzy Osbourne, because he didn't know it was real. He didn't. He thought it was no, rubber. He thought it was rubber, and then he was like, ew. And then, like, went along with it, because he was like, ah, oh, it's metal, it's fine. No, I vomit. And Steve was just like... Yeah, what? okay. Like, he was, was genuinely giving him a compliment. Like, if someone gave me that compliment, they're like, dude, that was, like, so metal. I'd be like, yes. Really? <laughs> I'd be so happy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
So there's a lot of parallels we can draw between the two stories, like Eddie, troubled, he was a drug dealer, he was into these sort of things, definitely like an outcast of society. He did have friends, mm-hmm. which is why we can't really land him as a murderer, because he had friends. People who are murderers don't have friends for the most part. Well, the specific like way they're trying to pin it on him is like people like that are usually outcasts like they feel like they're so different from the world like the people that the police were trying to describe if he was genuinely an occultist who thought about sacrificing someone every single day Mm -hmm. no one would want to be around him it would be like you can clock that yeah like (laughs) it's like Oren from parks and rec have you seen parks and (laughs) rec oh my gosh oh wait no yeah, yeah, it's Orin from Parks and Rec. He's just, like, this creepy kid that just, like, stares at you. He also <laughs> wears a cloak, and it's really funny, because he's friends with April, one of the characters. And he's just, like, awkward, and he's always, like, just standing there. And, mm-hmm. Like, you can tell he's probably into metal, but, like, yeah, he's also really weird. Like, April's yeah. one of his only friends, if only friend. Yeah. So. Like, there's weird kids out there, but they wouldn't kill people. No. Like, just because you Naruto run through the hallways of high school does not mean you would kill someone on the weekend. No. And that's definitely one of those biases that were very strong more in the 80s and 90s because now it's more common to be classified as a nerd. Mm -hmm. Nerd culture isn't a thing anymore. Everyone's a nerd in their own way. It's cool to be a nerd now. It is. Like, if you were out to dinner with someone... And it was, like, a first date, and you were like, oh, like, I'm really into Star Wars. Like, I grew up on it. I just really enjoy the franchise. I'm a huge fan. And your date was like, oh, my gosh, you're such a nerd. Like, ew. Like, in a real way, not a teasing way. It would be weird. It would be really weird. You'd be like, what? You'd go back, (laughs) tell your friends about it, and they'd be like, that person's... Like, he literally only knows about cryptocurrency and macros. That would be it. Like, oh no. He'd just be crusty and try to tell you about the stock market. No, thank you. Anyway, so I'm glad that bias like that weren't really thing. We have different bias for sure. Yeah. But following our friend Eddie, he gets accused of this murder because, like, it was in his house. And that is pretty incriminating. Yeah. He also um, ran, which is... Fair. Not good to do. But, like, fair, though. I mean, yeah, like, he was... Him found in the, the trailer. He had drugs on him. Him screaming, I don't like this. <laughs> Wake <laughs> up. That was all of us. We were like, mm-mm, stop. And then we were like, when did Stranger Things become a horror movie? What is this? I really enjoyed it, though. I did, too. I was shocked, but I was happy about it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. So, and it's also very cute how all of his friends were trying to clear his name, and they're like, it's okay. Yeah. And then more people were dying. It sucked. But mm-hmm. the whole town meeting thing, where the terrible um, basketball player guy, I don't care to learn his name, he's a terrible person, came in and was like, the forces of evil are, in, are like, in our town like help me save hawkins satanists are here mm-hmm. that is literally how satanic panic was they genuinely thought 
that satanic cults were infiltrating our society on the DL and were in just like ordinary positions in your community. Like they could be your dentist or like your daycare <laughs> worker. Uh-huh. That was a very popular thing. Mm-hmm. Was that any daycare abuse, which is a thing that happens, it's very sad, Mm -hmm. but it is a thing that happens, was attributed to the occult because they would interview these children, sometimes as young as two years old, and coerce them into telling them things. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, I don't know, it was a blood ritual or something. Or they would come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. People generally thought that Satanists were running their daycares. That's crazy. So, like, watching that scene, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is literally how it was. Was this an extreme example? 100%. But yeah. Hawkins is a very small town, and very weird things happen. It's kind of easy to see how the mindset was so biased in Hawkins because it was so biased in real life as mm-hmm. well. So if you want to learn more about the actual case of the Memphis Three and what ended up happening and, like, how they ended up being released, like, go listen to a different podcast after this. I don't want to talk about it. I'm lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything to add, Emily? No. Other than the satanic panic was crazy. I feel bad for those kids because most of their life was gone at that point. Well, not really, but, like, they lost it was crucial like, years of their life. It was a lot of years. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. And, like, they have done interviews since then. And, like, I've seen pictures of them since then. They all look like dad metal rockers now, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the man who um, was based... <sighs> Eddie? Yes. 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 So, the man that Eddie was based off of, I looked up a current picture of him, and it's side-by-side Eddie, and their facial structures actually look very similar. Yeah. It's really cool. Man, it's a really crazy story. Also, something that I want to mention before we go a little bit more about the case itself. Um, Eccles, the man that Eddie was based on, he actually was clinically diagnosed with a severe mental illness mm-hmm. that gave him um, visual and audio um, hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not have impulse control and he had debilitating mood swings. This, like, he was diagnosed with these specific things. And he literally had the IQ that allowed you to be, like, disabled. Yeah. And they tried him as a full legal adult anyway, which is super illegal. They said, no, too bad. You're just... Yeah. Everything was super illegal. Not cool. And, like, that's not to discount, like, him mentally whatsoever. Like, he genuinely seems like a great guy. Yeah. Who just, like... Not even wrong place, wrong time. He was living his life, and people decided, like... You did it. He was doing something. Yeah. It was crazy. This was a very casual episode, and I don't really care. Me neither. It was fun. I had a good time. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what's coming next week. 
I got out of my habit of telling you guys what's coming up. I don't even know. I came up with this idea, like, yesterday. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I hope you guys enjoyed it anyway. Um, we'll probably have a more structured thing next time. Mm-hmm. I do like the casual ones, so I just like talking. As you can tell. I like it, too. It's okay. <laughs> I like listening to it. All right. Stay spooky. Grab your heating pads. And we'll see you back here next time. See ya.